Well, good morning. It's been a long time since I've been up actually standing in front of actual people. I did have my wee stint on YouTube, which I didn't really enjoy, so it's nice to actually <laughs> be in front of um, real-life people. Um, I'm hoping I don't normally have a PowerPoint presentation either, so this is, this is all new, and we we'll hope that um, technology works for us. I've managed to get a little fancy moving picture well powerpoint kind of did that <laughs> powerpoint kind of did that for me um so i'm just going to start reading um from romans chapter 5 so we're still in romans romans 5 verses 1 to 5 <clears throat> therefore since we have been made right in god's sight by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So when I was thinking about this message, I had a notion of doing something on endurance and then I think it was on Wednesday I was reading the Lectio 360 app which it is just really good if you haven't got that app definitely download it um, and it, this passage then was on the app and it confirmed that idea of endurance and opened up kind of another aspect of what um, I felt I should speak on this morning. So these verses, if we really look at them, they are just an amazing list of what we have if we are a follower of Jesus. We have been made right with, in God's sight and the, the word is justified and it's past tense. You know, the job is done. The work is finished by what Christ did on the cross. It's just as if we'd never sinned, to use that old Sunday school saying. We have peace with God. We are reconciled, our relationship with God is mended, we are on God's side and he is on our side and as such we can enjoy the prosperity and blessing that peace brings. We stand in a place of undeserved privilege and that's grace, the free and unmerited favour of God, God's riches at Christ's expense. All the old Sunday school sayings are coming out this morning. We have confidence, joy and hope in the glory of God and in his excellence and power. We have the ability to rejoice in problems and trials because we have hope in God. We can rejoice in spite of our suffering and even death has lost its sting. We have hearts full of God's love through the Holy Spirit. All fear in our hearts is replaced by that overwhelming sense of God's love for us and a supernatural ability to love others. I'm so thankful that as a follower of Jesus that I have all those things. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can have all those things. And how do we have all this? The answer is faith. So 
So we look at the passage there, we can see it is by faith. We've been made right in God's sight by faith. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. But what does that word faith even mean? Like it's a word that we hear a lot in church and even outside of church. You know, people will say, I have my faith or you've got to have faith. But faith isn't this kind of fluffy, abstract notion. It's not blind hope based on nothing. If we look at Romans um, chapter 4, verses 18 to 21, so you're just going back there one chapter, and these verses are speaking about Abraham, and it says, In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So if we just look at those last lines there, for me that really sums up faith. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he, he had promised. So faith, it's a confidence and trust in something. It's a confidence and trust in God in who he is and believing that he will fulfill his promises to us. It's transferring our trust from ourselves and placing it in someone else's hands because we believe that they are able to accomplish what they have promised. We believe what they say is true. So there's an old example um, for this notion of faith. I'm sure some of you have heard this story before. Does anyone know who that fine fellow in his tights and shorts is? Has anyone seen this guy before? <laughs> it's Charles Blondin, and he was a French tightrope walker and acrobat. He was known for crossing the 1,100-foot Niagara Gorge on a tightrope. The tightrope was strung 160 feet above the thundering water below, and he walked back and forth on the tightrope several times, once on stilts, another time on a bicycle, once he even carried a stove and cooked an omelette. And on July 15th, 1859, he walked across pushing a wheelbarrow while blindfolded, and the audience were amazed. They ooed and they aahed in appreciation. Then he asked the audience, do you believe I can carry a person across in this wheelbarrow? Of course, the crowd shouted, they believed. Then Blondin asked, who will get in the wheelbarrow? I don't think there was too many volunteers. So faith is more than an intellectual agreement. At an intellectual level, you may believe that Blondin could successfully push you across the tightrope over the falls but you're not exercising biblical faith until you get in the wheelbarrow and entrust yourself to the tightrope walker. And that's that step of faith, that leap of faith that you hear people talking about. So genuine faith will express itself in our actions, in our behaviours, in the decisions that we make. Faith is the evidence of our relationship with God. James 2, 17 says, in the same way, faith by itself 
if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So faith is much more than this kind of intellectual belief in God, as this passage or the verses I've just read points out. You know, even the demons believe there's one God. So faith for a Christian has to be much more than that. If we are Christians, we are told to live by faith, to walk by faith. Our faith will inform our actions. You know, if we truly believe that we have a good father who loves us, who wants good things for us, it will change our behaviour. You know, we won't do the things that God says will harm us, even though we might want to, because we believe that God is good, he has good plans for us, and then obeying that good father, it's a good idea. We will do the things that God says are good, even though they may be scary or uncomfortable. You know, we're not doing them out of obligation or following rules, but because we believe God loves us. We have faith in his character and because we love him and trust him and because his Holy Spirit inside us gives us the ability. I was trying to think of kind of real life examples, examples relevant to us of, you know, faith in action and even simple things, you know, like giving your tithes to the church, giving your a portion of your salary to the church every month, you know, that takes faith. In the human, in the natural, we could be thinking, you know, we could really use that money for something else, or maybe it would actually be wiser, more sensible to save it. But by faith, we give it away, you know, trusting that God will use it for good and that he will look after us financially in the long run. It takes faith to receive prayer. I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting where there's maybe been a really good speaker speaking or a preacher and everything he says it just like goes straight to your heart and you just feel you know he's really speaking to me and it's really moved you and then at the end he says do you know if that message is spoken to anyone come to the front you know for prayer and you know that you should go you feel that prompting inside of you but you actually have to stand up and walk you know, to the front and everybody's going to see you and you have that little battle inside yourself. Do you know, it takes faith to overcome that, to take that step and to actually go to the front and receive that prayer because you're believing that receiving the prayer and the blessing from God, do you know, is going to benefit you and going to impact your life in a real way and that that's more important than what people are going to think of you. You know, that's a step of faith. It takes faith to pray for someone else and that's an area that I want to be better at in work. You know, I work in the hospital. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of working on the COVID wards, but generally um, my role is working with cancer patients and mostly those who are at the kind of more later stages of the, the disease. And it takes faith, you know, to look someone in the eye who has received the worst news of their life and say to them, can I pray for you? You know, you have that battle in your mind that they're maybe going to be angry with you. They're going to sort of laugh at you and think, how ridiculous is this? You know, and I wish I could say that I'm like praying and laying hands on people and work like left, right and centre. But, you know, I'm not. But there have been a number of occasions where I've really felt the spirit, you know, stirring inside me and prompting me. And, you know, saying, you know, say something to this person or pray with them. And you have, you know, you feel it rising up inside of you, kind of your heart's going, you have sweaty palms. You know it's the right thing to do and you kind of take a deep breath 
and you go for it and you're just hoping that God's going to take your tiny little kind of mustard seed prayer and use it for good and I have had the privilege of praying with people in hospital and it does it's that you know it's that step of faith believing that if God's asked you to do it do you know that he's going to bring good out of it So faith is learning to listen to those little promptings inside your heart and doing what they say. And the more that we follow through and we're obedient to those little promptings, do you know, then God knows that he has our ear and he will trust us with bigger tasks that require more faith. And that's how our faith grows. That's how our relationship with God works. You know, we talk about, you know, it's not a... A following rules it's not a, a dead kind of intellectual belief it is an actual relationship where you hear those promptings of God and you follow through and you obey and you step out in faith if you were just doing it in your human kind of you know you would never do some of the things that you hear God prompting you to do but because you have faith in God you obey and you do them and, you know, and that's how I believe that we become great men and women of faith. You know, all of those great preachers and missionaries and things that you hear about didn't just become like that overnight. It was a daily stepping out and obedience and, you know, growing their faith. The opposite of faith, I think, is fearing that God will disappoint us. And I think that's so often what holds us back, the fear that God will not fulfill his promises, that putting ourselves on the line for him will end in disappointment, in embarrassment, or in shame. If we go back to our original passage, it even says it in here. Do you know it's reassuring us that this hope will not lead to disappointment? These verses promise us that it will not be the case that we will have disappointment if we step out in faith. Do you know, that's an easy thing to say, but it is much harder to do. And I'm so thankful that we don't just get one chance at faith, but that it's a lifelong journey. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. You can turn to it if you um, want to. It's up here on the screen for us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we can see in these verses, you know, we have that initial step of faith to choose to follow Jesus, to surrender our lives to him. He's the founder of our faith. Dying on the cross laid the foundation and allowed us to come into that relationship with God. But he's also the perfecter of our faith. I'm so thankful that Jesus is the perfecter of my faith and it's not me. This race of life is a constant discovery of who God is. The more we put ourselves out there for God and see that he does follow through and keep his promises, the more our faith grows and is strengthened. But the race is not an easy one. It requires endurance. You know, we have to keep stepping out. We have to keep obeying, but it's hard. And actually, sometimes we do step out and we are obedient and it doesn't actually work out the way that we planned. And in fact, we're just like, 
God, I stepped out here and obeyed you. What is going on? <laughs> because this just seems like a complete disaster. And I've had experience of that. And me and Stefan have had experience of that where we have been convinced that God has told us to, to do something, to leave where we're at, to go somewhere. And it has just turned out absolutely not how we thought. But even though you go through those periods of questioning and doubting and struggling God is always underneath it all and he will eventually you know bring you through it and kind of lift your head again and raise you up to go again in the most um, kind of amazing and beautiful ways so when I started thinking about this message initially I was thinking about that idea of running a race um, with endurance and I was thinking about the Olympics you know the Olympics is only just finished and when I thought about the about endurance I thought about this guy here so no Stefan's not allowed to answer he knows who this guy is you can probably see um from his vest there that this guy is Eliud I think I'm pronouncing his name right Eliud Kipchoge and he is a Kenyan long dis distance runner and he won the Olympic marathon this year and last year um, he holds the world record for the fastest official marathon time of 2 hours, 1 minute and 39 seconds. And he has also unofficially run a marathon in under 2 hours. And he's been described as the greatest marathon runner of the modern era. And that was just funny. I was having like a conversation who was a chat to about running and um, endurance and how um, even running a couple of kilometres um, for us is so difficult. And this guy runs a marathon in under two hours. He's also only 36 which if you are around that age, like me, it kind of makes you wonder what you've been doing with your life sometimes when you hear the great things that some other people are achieving. Um, but anyway, I thought that this guy might have something to teach us about endurance. So endurance, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. And then this one, the second one actually came from Wikipedia and I paraphrased it a little bit because I liked the end of it. It says, the ability to exert oneself and remain active for a long period of time, as well as having the ability to resist, withstand and recover from trauma, wounds or fatigue. I thought that, you know, was important as well. That ability to recover from trauma, wounds and fatigue. You know, we will have trauma, wounds and fatigue, but through God's strength, we'll have the ability to recover from them and withstand them. There's no denying that Kipchoge has endurance, but how does he achieve it? So I tried to have a little look to see kind of what his philosophies on running are. So there's quite a lot of good wee Kipchoge quotes out there. One of them is, nothing is stronger than a peaceful mind. And the other one there is, I don't run by my legs, I run by my heart and my mind. So one of the keys to endurance is our state of mind. Another thing he has said is, to win is not important. To be successful is not even important. How to plan and prepare is crucial. When you plan very well and prepare very well, then success can come on the way. Then winning can come on your way. So Kipchoge emphasizes the process and not the result. And in terms of the Christian life of faith, 
It is cultivating that relationship with God every day that is important and not what we are trying to achieve. Do you know, it's having that consistency in prayer. Uh, Philippians 4, uh, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We can have that peaceful mind that Kipchoge talks about if we are constantly in prayer, relying on God, presenting our requests every day, having that consistency of prayer. You know, seeking first his kingdom, ensuring that he is number one in our hearts at all times, that he is on the throne of our hearts and he rules and reigns there, that his kingdom is established first and foremost in our hearts. And then all these things that we are trying to do and achieve for him will be added onto us. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and not on what we are trying to achieve in life, even if the things we are trying to achieve are for him. And I think it's so easy in the Christian life, and I am as guilty as anyone, to get caught up in what we're trying to achieve and maybe getting frustrated that we're not achieving enough. But if we get our focus slightly shifted into the wrong place off Jesus himself, you know, that can have catastrophic consequences. So this is my um, little video. Do I need to do something to make it going to go, is it? Do I need click again, click again? It'll play, will it? Did anybody see this in the Olympics? He's just going to replay it a little bit there. He's really trying to go for the Olympic theme. Do you like that? So they were in with a shout for a medal and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Can I flick that on then if I just go? Okay, so that was the British rowing team going completely off course. The guy, and I was like, what on earth happened? And then I seen like an interview after and I think it was a girl was kind of expla explaining that there's one guy in the boat has like a little foot pedal that he's supposed to steer the boat with. And he said he just kind of forgot to steer. He lost his focus on what he was supposed to be doing. Like, I don't know how the, that would have been an uncomfortable <laughs> time afterwards with his teammates going, why did you forget to steer? Do you know, it's funny because he still remembered to row and all the other guys were like rowing and rowing as hard as they could. He still was like, pulling the oars and going for it but it didn't matter because he completely lost his focus um, and forgot to steer and if they'd kept going like they were on the verge of crashing into another team you know all that training and all that strength but because the focus shifted from where it should be their chance at an olympic medal was lost 
And you know, that's how important it is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and not start relying solely on our own strength and works. And we can kind of sometimes, do you know, it all starts out good and it starts with Jesus and we're, we're in the race. And then somewhere along the way, we just kind of get caught up in the moment, caught up in the effort and in the trying. And we forget the thing that's important that we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus to steer us. And if we look at that um, verse again, you know it's in there, looking to Jesus. Our verse even says that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And the original Greek means to look away from something else, you know, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to see distinctly, to consider attentively. Um, you know, let's always keep our eyes fixed on Jesus to help us steer um, that true course the focus of our mind is one of the keys to endurance in the Christian life, in this race that we're running. This is another of Kipchoge's quotes. You cannot train alone and expect to run a fast time. There is a formula. 100% of me is nothing compared to 1% of the whole team. And that's teamwork. That's what I value. Not really sure how his maths formula all works out there, but you get the point that he's trying to make. The second key to endurance is having a team around you. Kipchoge values his team. If you've ever watched footage of Kipchoge training, you'll notice that he's never alone. He spends his training season each year on a compound with dozens of other elite runners, all helping each other to succeed. Even the best runner in the world knows that he can still learn from his teammates. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have to build trust with our teammates. We are never gonna be able to run this race alone. We need to surround ourselves with people who are on the same journey of faith. We need to spend time with each other to cultivate relationships to speak about what is real, to share our struggles, because we all struggle. We struggle to hold on, we do waver. So let us consider, let us think about how we can encourage one another, you know, even this week. And this is something that I need to do so much more of too. And that was one of my goals this morning. You know, I'm hoping that this word comes as a word of encouragement to stir you up, to keep you going. Do you know, like I have struggled this week, even just in preparing this message, I've felt like I've wavered and wobbled actually more so than I have done previously when I've had to speak and I've no idea really why. Um, do you know, at times I've just been total kind of crisis of confidence thinking I don't have anything to say, I can't do this. Um, I've battled tiredness and kind of laziness thinking, do you know, like I've worked hard all day, I'd rather just relax in the evenings than have to prepare this message. I've kind of felt like emotional for no real reason. Dear help, Stefan, he's been putting up with me all week. Um, do you know, I don't even really know what it was. Maybe it was the enemy just trying to stir up negative thoughts to throw me off. 
But I've kind of had to preach this message to myself to keep me going and get me here this morning. Um, I have another verse here, Hebrews 10, verse 35 to 39. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Those verses are some of my favourite verses. Um, God gave me these verses before I went to South Africa. Um, I went to South Africa just whenever I finished uni. Um, this guy had come to see you in Jordanstown and told us about this mission trip to South Africa. Um, it was kind of totally random, out of nowhere, and no one was really that interested. Um, no one had expressed kind of an interest in going, but I had the leaflet, and something just kept drawing my attention to it, and I felt I had to go. You know, no one else I knew was going. It was just going to be me going over it on my own, and it was for five months. But I was confident. Um, I felt God was really calling me to do this, so I signed up and I booked my flights. Um, you know, this is what God wanted me to do. And then as the time came closer, I was wavering. Do you know, I'm going to a country here. It's not the safest of countries. I'm going all on my own. Um, also, my granny at the time, she was in her 80s and she wasn't that well. She'd been in and out of hospital a couple of times and I was actually afraid, you know, that she might die whenever I was away. But then God gave me these verses and they just stood out so clearly to me and really spoke um, to my heart. Do you know, do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw away that initial confidence that you had that this is the right thing, that this is what I am asking you to do. So I went, um, you know, I went all on my own, but I wasn't really on my own because I had God with me. And it was honestly, it was one of the best things that I have ever done. And it was, again, totally different to what I was expecting. And I had a few wobbles when I was out there, kind of just when things weren't the way I was expecting them to be. I was like you know, what is, what is going on, but I learned to totally depend on God, um, and in a way that I kind of often wish I could recapture, but it's, you know, life now with a family and work and everything that's different to then, you know, I really was away on my own, and I was so able to, to focus my mind on God, but I learned lessons there that, you know, they're going to be with me, for life that I can depend on God. I also made a really good friend whenever I was out there, another girl that I, I hadn't known beforehand. She had come over from Northern Ireland and you know I'm still friends with her today. She was at um, my wedding and we still have this um, kind of shared connection um, through that experience. And you know what else? God kept my granny safe whenever I was away. Um, I came home in the December and it was the following March, so just like three months later, that she actually passed away. Um, 
but God kept her safe while I was away. And I, you know, I was constantly trusting God for that when I was there. You know, stepping out with God, it builds our faith because he will prove over and over that he is good. Most probably not in the way we were expecting and not without pain, but he does show up in beautiful ways. Do you know, keep going, keep fighting. It won't be pretty at times. I find this picture here and I just thought that I feel like sums up my life sometimes. You're just like at that point of, you know, you're gasping for air, you're sweating, you're stumbling. But I notice in this picture that she has people around her and sometimes you are at that point and you need to go and seek out people who can pray with you, who can encourage you, who know how it feels and who can just get you over that finish line. Um, you know, the important thing is to keep going, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and what he has accomplished for it. Do you know, at table, I think, you know, we are not of those who shrink back. Let's not be those who shrink back. We have confidence and we have faith because we know our God and we have endurance, endurance to keep going to the end. Um, I had that other wee picture of Kipchoge, but he just kind of looks smug crossing the finish line there. <laughs> I definitely, I look, I look more like the, the one before that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really all I wanted to, to say this morning. So I'll just pray um, as we finish. Lord, I just thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that if we focus our hearts and minds on you, that you can keep us going, Lord. I just pray for anyone here this morning who feels like they are struggling to keep going, who feels that they're struggling to, to keep on believing, to keep having faith, to put themselves out there and to keep trusting you, Lord. I just pray that you would give them that endurance that you need, that you will come alongside them and just refresh them and bless them and just show up in beautiful ways, Lord, just to, to keep them going, Lord. And I pray that we would be that, that team, that body of believers who do encourage one another, who do stir up one another, Lord. I pray just that we will... Just as David has said about the things that are on the hearts and the minds of himself and Linda and leadership and anyone that's been around table for a while, Lord, we want more. We want to stir more people up to run the race of endurance, Lord, but we need to build team. We need to build connection, Lord. We need to be honest in our struggles. You know, we can't pretend that we are all cruising along easily because we're not we all struggle we all doubt in our minds lord but i thank you that underneath it all you are there we can have that confidence and that hope in you that all of those things in that first passage are available to us lord we are right in the sight of god we have that right standing before you we are justified you are perfecting our faith day by day lord i just pray that we will just keep our eyes fixed on you that more and more we will listen out for your voice and your prompting and obey that voice in faith lord i just pray 
just uh, for Stefan as he comes to lead us in worship, Lord, I just pray that through the songs and the words of the worship, Lord, that your spirit will also be stirring in our hearts, Lord, that we will really think about you, Lord, allow you to speak to us, that we wouldn't just go through the motions of singing these songs, Lord, but just use this opportunity to connect with you, Lord. There's something powerful when we come together in worship, Lord, just to to cry out to you, to praise you, to worship you, to give glory to you for who you are and for how you help us through and are faithful to us, Lord. Amen.